0: Again, settling into a relaxed, (coughs) stable posture. Releasing any holding, clenching, gripping in the mind and the body. And taking a moment just to acknowledge how the environment is experienced, the temperature, the humidity, the ambient sound of the room and the occasional distinct sounds within and outside the room. And gradually drawing the attention into the body in establishing a continuity of mindful awareness, either on a primary object, the breath, posture, or on the changing objects that are predominant and call your attention. Checking to see that the body remains comfortable, relaxed if possible, and checking that the mind is also at ease. I'd say relaxed, which means to let go of any agenda, any goal of to be reached or in this sitting. Instead, just remind yourself that in this practice we're just wanting to be present for each moment as it appears and to adjust our attitude towards our practice to be one of open receptivity to whatever appears within the chosen object or within the predominant objects. You might take note of or notice whether the experience is pleasant or unpleasant as a way of simplifying the recognition of what is being known. sustaining the careful attention for the duration of the breath or from one changing object to another. And if you find it helpful, to use a soft mental note, a subvocal recognition of what is being attended to. Breathing in, Breathing out, or possibly hearing, coolness, stickiness, and any of the physical sensations of tightness or pressure, pulsing. Just a single word. of recognition of what is being known is enough. Being careful, we don't need to tell ourselves a story about it or explain it or figure it out or fix it. But if any of those activities arise in the mind, to recognize them. Oh, the mind is commenting or the mind is figuring out or the mind is liking or disliking. In this way, we gradually expand the field of awareness to include all physical and all mental phenomena. You can always return to a chosen object like the breath or the posture to stabilize the attention. And if it feels that you're getting a little tight, a little too narrow in uh, attention of the mind, then you can always relax and open to a wider field of experience. Clearly recognizing moment by moment what is appearing and what is being known. Last night, I spoke about the defilements, more commonly recognized in the practice as the hindrances. And we also want to make them the object of our attention and awareness when they arise. So when you feel sleepiness, recognize, oh, sleepiness has arisen in the mind, or sloth, or torpor, The mind is just feeling heavy. And when you recognize that, be persistent in your recognition. You're taking note of or noticing it so that we don't just kind of get absorbed into the sleepiness and and struggle, but rather as long as you're attending to and recognizing the experience of sleepiness, then you're doing well the object of our practice is not to just get rid of it, out of aversion, but really to understand it, how it feels, what it's like, where do you feel it in the body? Or if some form of aversion arises in the mind, some irritation or upsetness or anger, or maybe just fearful, any form of striking out at the experience or pushing it away, or taking it upon yourself, feeling depressed, despairing. Just recognize, oh, aversion has entered the mind or fear has entered the mind. Whatever it is you experience, let that become the object of your attention, clearly recognizing it for what it is, a visitor to the mind. It appears due to conditions, not because you did something wrong, but when conditions are there, this state of mind appears, arises. Our task is to just recognize it, to notice it for as long as it's there, with a clear perception, being careful not to react, to indulge in it, or try to get rid of it, or to explain it. Just let it be there, but clearly recognize it, noticing what happens to it as you attend to it. And so too, with any form of desire or attachment, or doubt, restlessness, when the mind is just hopping and skipping and jumping from one thought to the next, just recognize, oh, this is restlessness. Being careful not to criticize yourself or your efforts. Just identify, oh, oh, this restlessness has arisen. Oh, what can I learn about restlessness by paying attention to it? Or when doubt begins to undermine your confidence in practice, and you have thoughts of despairing that you'll ever be mindful or whether you should even be here on retreat or whatever thought, doubt might spur to arise in the mind, just recognize, oh, this is doubt. Oh, doubt's arisen. Oh, what's this like? Let me feel what that's like in the body, in the mind and be persistent in your recognition and noting of it so that you're not overwhelmed or uh, kind of merged with it, indulging in it. So be patient with the mind that kicks up all sorts of defilements or hindrances and be persistent in your interest to recognize and to understand them feel them with full awareness, knowing in the back of your mind that you don't really have to get rid of them because they're impermanent anyway. So just take notice of them while they're there. Learn something about them. If you get confused, bewildered, or just strung out, spaced out, Just refresh your attention, settle back into the body, checking that the posture is relaxed, and refresh the mind, beginning again, taking note of what has arisen in this moment. Just do the best you can, and be at ease with that. periodically refreshing your attention, relaxing the body into a natural stillness, opening to receive the present moment and recognize what is being known. You notice that there's a lot of defilements? Right. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for
1: example, in the last sitting, um, yeah. most, I mean, maybe 10% of the time, I was aware of my breath and the sound of the birds and so on. But 90% of the time, it was either restlessness, restlessness aversion, or aversion to aversion. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about the aversion to conversion. To aversion.
0: Restless. Aversion, aversion to the aversion, and aversion to the aversion to the aversion. We call this multiple hindrance attack. Okay? Yes. yes? Um,
1: so is that, is that a beneficial practice to just keep on being aware of it, I, I guess in terms of the percent of the time that they're the object of my attention?
0: What do you think? Would that be beneficial practice? Of course, it is. The amount of time that you spend on a particular object, whether it's the breath or a defilement, is not the measure of success or doing the practice correctly. Rather, we should just see, is the mind aware of what is arising in that moment, what is predominant in that moment? If it's the breath, Great, if it's restlessness, great. If it's aversion, great. The breath is a little more benign than aversion. You know, aversion is kind of hard. You know, sometimes we—it's a struggle to stay with it very long. We we buy into the story. You know, but it's okay. Yeah, it's really good to see if your attitude towards practice can treat aversion just like the breath. It's just another object being known.
1: You said last night that um by naming or noting or labeling, yes, uh, you can create a little space between um between the experience of the defilement and the knowing of the defilement.
0: Yeah. Um
1: it sometimes um when I notice the defilement that space um naturally arises yes. sometimes more substantially than at other times. Mm-hmm. Um, is
0: it ever useful to try more actively to cultivate that space? So the, I, I mentioned last night that to name the defilement or to name your emotion or whatever, mm, kind of instead of being absorbed in it, like I'm so angry or I'm so averse, there's a, a, little, a, there's a, a kind of a separate awareness of, awareness of aversion being known. And so there's a little space in the mind. The mind feels not quite as entangled. It's a little bit looser, a little bit more spacious. And sometimes it arises quite naturally, you see it. And the question was, is there ever a reason to try to create more space or something like that? No, I wouldn't do that. That is, that is having an agenda. You know, this is good, this must be better. <laughs> But the agenda gets in the way then, so we don't want to have that because then it's trying to manipulate the mind in a way. If it's just recognizing, recognizing what is being known, that's good enough. In times and at times, there may there may appear to be great uh, non-reactivity of the mind. Spaciousness is non-reactivity of the mind, and other times it's just very tenuous. It's like I'm really averse, but not too bad, or it's, I'm really averse and I'm really averse, (laughs) yeah, reactive, okay?
1: Yes, could you talk a little more about the notion you introduced last night of seeing the hindrance directly? I mean, I can see fear is what I've been working with. Fear. I can see the thought patterns that arise. Yes. I can see the feeling patterns in the body. Yes. To see
0: it directly in the mind. Uh, that's good enough. If you're, he's working with fear or aware of fear and he recognizes the thoughts th- that tell you it's fear. And you said you can also feel sensations in the body which seem to, ref- which seem to be conditioned by or reflect the fearful state of mind. Mm-hmm. And what else, do you notice something else? Sure. So when fear is in the mind, you can look at something that's very benign and feel a little about it. That's, That's great. If that's what you're noticing, you're noticing the thoughts, know them as thoughts, and you may know they're fearful thoughts, and you may have a reaction to them, notice that. Feeling sensations, but when you're feeling the sensations in the body, be careful not to say, to recognize them as fear, because the sensations in the body have their own unique quality. Tingling, hardness, stretching, pressure, pulsing. So identify the quality of the sensation, if you're going to name that. And then when you see, the, um, see how fear in the mind colors your perception of everything else you see, just take notice of that. Oh, fears in the mind, coloring. Just notice that, yeah, that's, that's, that's good enough. In fact, experiencing fear without having an object or thoughts or sensations or recognizing it. So I don't know how you'd recognize it. Uh, you know, It's only by how it manifests. And for you, it's thoughts, sensations in the body that give you a clue, and seeing how it distorts your perception of things that you see in your environment, see or feel or think about. Yeah, that's good.
1: I'm mm-hmm. trying to do that, but um, I guess in, in this the sitting itself, um, I've been. I guess the question is, is both about how to try to work with that. Yes. With the
0: feeling of nausea. hmm and, and also how to work with the fact that I know some things like if I'm walking, yes, it's much better
1: than if I'm sitting. Sure. Um. And so some of the time I'm just walking more than sitting.
0: Yes. But I the instructions and so on. But so during
1: the sittings it's a real struggle to you know to watch it. Sure. And, um, and I've been, you know, trying to work with the aversion to it and yeah. watch that. Yeah. And um, you know, based on something Winnie said yesterday, I've also been trying to sort of to embrace the, the aversion sort of warmly. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. But when I'm sometimes just sitting there knowing that if I were walking around, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be about to go throw up, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to just sit walk. there. Mm-hmm. And But that can become its own planet. It. Well, should I get up, should I not get up? And, mm-hmm. and then, uh, so I guess both sort of how to be in it and how kind of to address the
0: practical side, maybe? Uh, you know, did you all hear what she said? That was a great report, mm-hmm. wasn't it? It was a really good report of just, She's got this experience of nausea and she knows this about it when she walks. It's just, it's really good, it's, not, it's like you're doing the practical things you can do, walking a little more, uh, eating when you can, you know, you're addressing it practically. And when you are in the hall, in order to hear the instructions or the guided meditation or whatever, and it arises, you're also noticing what it's like, but also noticing the mind that's You know, contemplating or considering, should I get up and go, you know, is it going to happen yet? (laughs) You know, am I really nauseous or can I just kind of hold it together or whatever? Um, sounds like you're doing great. (laughs) I know that doesn't relieve your nausea, but (laughs) but the awareness of it and you can always get up and leave the hall that would be better, it's okay, it's okay, no, no problem. And it, as I was mentioning to someone about what to pay attention to, whether you're paying attention to nausea or walking or thinking about should I get up or not, any object is good object. If it's arising and you're aware of it, that's good. You know? So you have our collective permission to get up and, and and to take care of yourself when you feel the need, okay? Everybody agree? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes. Last night, I think I heard you say something about um, how to tell a delusion. How to tell a, a delusion from a non-delusion? You know, like sometimes you make a decision and you realize oh. afterward that was really a deluded
0: decision. That was pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, how do you, how does a deluded person know they're deluded? Let me think <laughs> I, it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Now in the beginning, in the beginning we'll take guidance from anybody, you know, we'll say, you know, the teachers say do this, don't do that, 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 that. Okay, okay, we'll try that. And eventually as we develop our mindful awareness, we begin to gain our own insightful knowledge from our own experience we begin to understand oh this really is not skillful this really is more skillful or this is kind of dicey Mm-mm. i'd like to think it was skillful but in my heart i really know it's not and you know so we begin to have more experiential knowledge wisdom about it and then as we continue developing with the momentum of mindfulness that results in wisdom eventually the wisdom is sufficient to start fueling and 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 supporting our awareness so like wisdom will jump in there first as soon as the mind starts going loopy and and wisdom goes not mm -mm." and then awareness can check it out and say right but carefulness, carefulness. That's why the Buddha offered three trainings. The The first being watch your intentions because intentions are the about to moment when you're about to speak and you're about to act or you're about to do something. If you can catch your intention and notice that, you've got a small gap in the mind to make a decision, make a determination, is it skillful or not? You know it's the freeze breathe thing. you know somebody's pushing your buttons and you go hey. freeze, breathe. Was that a good thing to do to <laughs> you know what I mean so but then in the mind, when the mind is obsessing, we also need to be able to pay attention to that. But when we act out is when we really um, cement in. Unwholesome seeds in the mind, really strongly. This will last forever.: Oh yeah Yeah. <laughs> with all of these things, both with the aversion and the aversion diversion, with the nausea and that, and with, with delusion or what is or what isn't, there is a strongly conditioned habitual misbelief. In the mind that eternalizes a momentary perception. I call it eternalizing. What I mean is when you're feeling nausea when you're feeling pain, the mind just assumes it's going to be this way forever. It just, it's going to last for the whole, re- the whole sitting or the whole retreat or, or sometimes forever. And we get blinded by the immediacy of the contact, the immediacy of that experience. So, remind yourself whatever it is that you're experiencing that it seems like you're struggling with or almost overwhelmed by. Just, 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 this is the way it is for now. Add that little for now because it changes. And to remind ourselves that things change can be helpful really, really helpful. Last uh, question, comment. Uh, it's, it's really just that that's a really good point to make that it is the continuity of awareness mm-hmm. rather than the continuity of awareness of the breath or any other mm-hmm. chosen object good point yeah and to and to really gently be with what's happening even if what's happening is really pretty abrasive pretty hard pretty painful or whatever to be to be gently with it rather than trying to uh, control it, yeah. Uh, Today, there's another list of uh, people to be seen in groups and you all should have either been on the list yesterday to be seen in a group, or you're on a list to be seen in a group today. If you weren't on a list for yesterday or today, we don't know you're here, (laughs) or something like that, so. (laughs) Do you, are you on a list? No. Well we know you're here yeah well what's up? Okay we'll get you on a list. <laughs> okay <laughs> thanks Jim. <laughs> okay so and we, we would like you if you're on the list please come to check in we we need to speak with each check in with each one of you just to monitor uh, your practice and see how you're doing so Uh, Please don't just skip out whimsically, but come and check in. If there's something that's going on that you really can't be in a group uh, or you really feel uncomfortable about that, then speak to the teacher individually. Leave a note to make arrangements to see him. otherwise, okay? Enjoy your day discovering what's to be known.